0: Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynn to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. It is,
1: like I said, December 7th, 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time, which means it's time for another episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am your host, Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, good friend, co-host, Football aficionado, Scott Kennedy. Scott, <laughs> good morning. Good, good morning. Get that coffee in there. How are you doing? Wake up.
2: Good morning. I'm about, I'm about halfway through my first cup. So uh, with my Broncos for breakfast mug that you can get up, pod.com. So uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I kind of always say it's the, the day after the day after that it kind of hits you. And it was a late night with the Broncos on Sunday night. And so Monday morning, I'm kind of going on adrenaline and stuff. But Tuesday morning we're going to have to caffeinate up to uh to get going and the the chat keeps us going too. That's uh one of the good things is that the, the chat always energizes me. So appreciate y'all being here. Well, I feel a little bit uh overlooked here cuz I would I was hoping that I would bring some energy for
1: you today. I'm I'm working at 6:30 a.m. right now and I'm 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 pumped. I'm excited to be here. You're I mean, you're
2: like your energy in the morning is like my peak and then when I see you in the evenings do your show, I'm like holy cow, he's been mainlining coffee all day. I'm excited. I'm excited to go He's energetic in the morning. He's hyperactive in the
1: evenings. (laughs) Amen. Yeah, no, it's a explain this teachers sometimes, man, they do their own. They hurt themselves Uh, when I was a little kid. Definitely ADD. I was probably ADD, ADHD before they were medicating kids as much. Everybody. Yeah. um, Yeah. You know, but my teacher would take away my recess because I couldn't sit still in my desk what are we doing what it's
2: like oh you, yeah. nick you lose your 15 minutes running outside yeah, go run you have go run a few energy. laps and come back buddy that's God. that's why i said go go do a loop uh, around the school and come back and sit down yep that's
1: uh yep i had a couple of not so great teachers in that regard it's like come on come on like uh, but anyway you know who's coming on here ethan good morning to you first comment of the day the dwi guys says morning broncos country good morning to you ethan always great to see you in the a.m we got clee coming in saying the Patriots passed the ball a total of three times in their win last night. I guess you can win running the ball. Yeah.
2: Um, did you watch how much of that game did you catch last night? I watched very, very little of it. Um, the uh, I, I saw I saw the, the the field goal that made it, I think eleven to ten. But Nick and I were commenting right before we came on because Luke said Saturday night that he thinks Mac Jones is the the favorite for rookie of the year, and to me that's insane. I'm like, if it's not Jamar Chase, something's wrong. I'm like, that's how important Mac Jones is to this team. You can throw the ball three times and win. I mean, that's he's a he's a guy. He's 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 good, but you know, Jamar Chase is pretty friggin' special. He needs to be the rookie of the year this year.
0: Listen up, Broncos Country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner
1: find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price.
0: That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, Tick Pick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Yeah, maybe this is
1: a hot take and uh, some people would really push against that. But I think if you swapped Teddy Bridgewater and Mac Jones right now, the team results would be essentially the same. Now, Teddy Bridgewater is coming off of an absolutely terrible game where I put a vast majority of the blame on this loss on his plate because he did not step up and play well. But uh, they're just really they're not asking very much of Mac Jones. And it's very similar to Teddy in the games they win, except actually the Patriots have have a top five offensive line have the best defense in football right
2: what now. what I do like and I said this the other day about mac Jones is his ability under pressure I, I yes. think he handles that better which is a big a big trait to have mm-hmm. um you know I, I think he handles uh the the blitz a little bit better um so but the 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 record might even actually be better because they wouldn't have gotten off to maybe such a slow start at the beginning of the season. Um, but Mac Jones is, he could end up being really, really good, but right now he's not, he's not the reason they're winning those games for goodness sake. Come on. No. Yeah. They,
1: uh, Patriots have built a, as much of a quarterback independent team as they could this season and, uh, it's working and, uh, it's beautiful to see special team, amazing special teams. Also. I don't think they get enough credit as well. Uh, defense and an offensive line, getting it done for them with Mac Jones, just, just, uh, steering the boat. Um, EJ coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you. EJ, Mo's in the house. Mo, I feel like it's been a second. Hope you're doing well. Uh, re- remember when the Broncos were a good football team? Pepperidge Farms remembers. Well, we're going to be talking about potentially a good football team here as far as the Broncos' chances to make the playoffs. And, you know, I know they added that seventh seed and everything Man, like that, but let's when see. When you it.
2: lose Dave, you've lost it. Dave's <laughs> Dave's pretty positive. If Dave's mad, you know, I always said, like, Said so I get it if you don't like me, but if 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 you don't like my wife, something's wrong with you. She's yeah. she's good people. you know, me, I get it. I, I get not liking me. So Dave's one of those guys. If you've lost Dave, you've lost it.
1: Yeah, no, totally. Uh maybe with Rippin, he says, sure as sure the hell isn't Teddy. Yeah, Teddy had a terrible game, and there's no doubt about that. But if you see Rippin in the game, something's gone wrong. They're gonna ride Teddy out as much as possible. Um, and you can see it, Teddy's injured as heck, but they don't trust Locke. Um, I don't know if Locke trusts Locke right now, and uh, Brett is very limited. If we see him, something went wrong. J.J. Johnson saying, morning, Nick and Scott and Bronk, Good morning, Broncos country. Jeremy's in the house. Good to see you, Jeremy. Always awesome for you to join us. Um, Albert's in the house, too. Good morning, y'all. Good morning to you, Albert. It's always awesome to see you. Peter. Sorry, I missed yesterday. Fell asleep so early. Peter, that's okay. Uh, we appreciate the heck out of you. I like this one. Nick has that corn fed energy. That's amazing. Um, we got uh
2: coming, coming coming from Iowa where they get up at 4 a.m. to 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 do all the farming. Shoot 6 30 sleeping in for a for an Iowa kid. Yeah, honestly, I wake up earlier out here for the hiking um than I did there, but that's
1: okay. Like, you know, 3 a.m. You gotta beat all the people to the trailhead by as the sun's coming up. <laughs> um blank 916 saying playoffs. Ha 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 ha. With some leprechaun emojis i can't even tell um there's a chance blank we'll get into it here but
2: uh it's it's some sort of like stuffed animal almost like a a monkey looking guy with a big smile is what that was okay look almost looks like a sushi roll on my end (laughs) we got uh shyler coming in here with ten dollars
1: thank you so much i don't recognize this probably skylar skylar that would make sense i have to have scott here to do my names because i just kind of mush mouth everything that's what happens when you are in uh
2: like organic chemistry and stuff, you just like go for it. Like I have no idea what this one. I i would never seen it spelled like that until um, the West Virginia publisher that we worked with at SI. His name was it, it was spelled almost like that. And I always wanted to call him Schuler, which I'm sure mm-hmm. Skyler has been called. It, it, it is Skyler. So Skyler, help us out because we uh we we don't like messing up people's names, especially when you're up there in yellow. We don't want to yeah. mess up your name. So make sure confirm that for us. We we want to get it right. Absolutely. Well, Skyler comes in with our first super chat today. Thank you so much. Saying, I watched the
1: highlights yesterday. The offense didn't look terrible, but I do have a question. It seems like we get the most first and second, second and 20, third and 20 in the NFL. Is that true? Uh, Broncos definitely have some of the longest third down to go in the NFL, and they are definitely penalized Um, a good clip and making that hard for your offense to convert. But I would imagine that the Broncos, while they do see a good rate of third and long, not every single offense that is a a death sentence. But for the Broncos offense, with how much they have to move the yard small chunk by small chunk without the vertical passing game, without the explosive passing game right now, pretty much is a, a death sentence uh, when it is first and beyond the sticks. So um, I don't know if they have the most, but they darn well are one of the worst teams at converting
2: it. And. When you look at the, the look at where they got their yards, you know people hate the idea of bend but don't break. The whole thing, it just it's almost become a bad word. But using a bend but don't break defense against the Denver Broncos is ideal. Mm-hmm. It's you're you don't trust the Broncos as a defensive coordinator. I'm going to say, listen, I'm not going to let you get the big play. I'm going to let you run the ball from the twenty to my forty. Then we're going to tighten the ball. Then we're going to tighten it up. We're going to make let you make a mistake. We're going to press coverage a little bit because I don't think your quarterback's going to beat us. Um, and and we're gonna we're gonna tighten up tighten up the reins a little bit. So yeah. Kansas City's got the horses to do that to to play that way. And again, I've I've said this before. It, we've used the phrase Jekyll and Hyde. This team's up and down, but it, it's almost a perfectly linear equation of who are you playing against and what type of team are they? The teams that are strong in the lines of scrimmage that are able to dominate the lines of scrimmage when it matters are the teams that that are just beating the hell out of the Broncos. Yeah. Um, And the, in Kansas city was able to do that.
1: Yeah. I feel like there hasn't been a lot of discussion about the Broncos defensive line coming out of this game, um, which is surprising. I guess it's not surprising because it's like the offense is the main show and the defense held uh, Patrick Mahomes to essentially 13 points because the muff punt and the pick six, but like, the defensive line for the Broncos was getting moved consistently. And they also Patrick Mahomes was the third least pressured quarterback in the NFL this last week. I guess maybe it's now it's fourth or fifth because of that uh, Monday night game with absolutely no passes. It's hard to pressure the quarterback when there are no passes, but uh, that's one. And thank you so much, Skylar for your support. We appreciate you. Um, Stick around. We got Greg Smith also. Good morning for Broncos for breakfast. Good morning to you. Peter's in the house. What an amazing D, but wonder why Purcell didn't play. Was he injured or dropped? Yeah, this is an interesting one. We didn't talk about that much. Did you have any thoughts about Mike Purcell being uh,
2: inactive in this game? Um, I I just looked up the quotes because that was asked of uh, Vic Fangio yesterday. And Peter, thanks for the stars as always. Um, And good morning. Good afternoon. Uh, he said it was uh, opponent-based. He said they were going to be in a lot of nickel and didn't think mm-hmm. that that was necessarily the right matchup for them. Um, they run the ball well enough that if they see that they there's there's some if you're in a specific defense and can't adjust to it, well, we'll go right up a middle on you. Um, yeah. But it was uh, at least according to Fangio and what he said publicly, it was it was uh, a coach's decision, not necessarily injury-based. But you you never know for sure. You you, you really don't. I have harped a zillion times. The last place you're going to find out what's going on is what a an executive says publicly because they lie so much. They call it coach speak. They don't even call it yeah. lying. Yeah. So if he had an injury, you certainly would say, well, he might have been nicked up. But you know, coaches are pretty cagey about that stuff too. But he did say, coach's decision. It was a uh, it was scheme based. Yeah, Purcell is a classic
1: zero or one technique, and he's been not that good at that this season also he's been struggling a bit I wouldn't be surprised if he is uh, moved on from after this season is over um and the Broncos bring in I mean I guess a lot will depend on scheme if they're still running this uh, three four base then uh, maybe you don't see that zero one technique type but Purcell probably be moved on from and uh I think this was it was definitely schematic because you want the Chiefs to be forced into rushing the football based on personnel and uh that's essentially what they did in this one Uh, We got Juan coming in here saying, do you guys think the people in charge of the Broncos are pleased with the current situation? I mean, 18 and 26 is not a good look. What's your thoughts on where the Broncos stand? Um, You got to go season by season on this one. And I think that's an important factor. And with George Payton here this year, um, he would probably be looking at the Broncos as, okay, I am in charge of building what this team was this season. Obviously there's holdovers and whatnot, but they're six and six under Vic Fangio with, up and down quarterback play and a lot of injuries on the offensive line and the linebacker core this is probably right where you expected them to be this season um maybe a little bit more high variance than you'd expect you know losing as poorly like they did versus the steelers and the browns with case keenum but then also winning games like the chargers who looked amazing versus the Bengals and the cowboys so a lot of up and down um and Vic Fangio, I don't think he's back yet. I don't think he's gone yet either. You have five more games to determine what's going to make of him. And I guess we can get into that a little bit here as soon as a, is it playoffs or bust for Fangio or is it like a winning record or bust? Or is there a little bit, even, is there even more nuance? uh, Or
2: or a winning record might be playoffs. Those might be, those might not be mutually exclusive. I've said before, I was surprised that a new general manager brought in it left, stayed with a coach without record. Um, you know, Fangio again, going back to don't believe what you what they say publicly, you know, George Payton said one of the reasons I came here was Vic Fangio. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sure it was. I don't I don't buy that. Um Absolutely. I was surprised from the outside looking in, just holistically looking in. I was surprised that the that the Broncos kept a coach with a new general manager coming in that had the record that Fangio did. Yeah. So this was a one-year trial period for for Fangio to a certain yeah. extent, which again is why. He was not in developmental mode. He had to win to save his job. So Mm -hmm. you can't go 7 and 10 and say, oh, but Drew Locke got better. He had to do what he thought was going to be the best chance of winning now because he couldn't afford another losing season. No way. So are they happy where things stand right now? No. No way. I don't think so. Um, Even despite the injuries, I think that they feel this. My guess is George Payton thinks this team should probably be about 8 and 4 instead of six and six right now.
1: Yeah. I don't know. The injuries make it a little bit hard, but a lot of teams are dealing with that. Uh, that Thursday night game, I still, that one, the timing of that one is so unfortunate because that was like the one team where you cannot go up with bad linebackers. And uh, they did DWI guys, Ethan coming in saying uh, playoffs playoffs reminds me of Jim Mora senior. Hopefully I nailed that. I'm not, I'm not, my wife is the comedian impression. Pretty close.
2: <laughs> it's pretty close. I, I've told, I've told Nick, cause I got about 20 years on Nick. And you know I've worked with people coming up, and you know, he's old enough to have been around a little bit now. But I, I said there's certain sports movies that the younger generation needs to watch because you know Gen Xers like me are always talking about them. Whether it's you know Rocky or you know uh, Major League, uh, you know Bull Durham stuff like that. It's like things you got to watch. Well, that's one of those quotes that you you need to know where that's from because you hear it all the time. Yeah. So it's a, it's one of those generational moments that spans a lifetime. You're gonna hear that one. Forever. And yes, Jim Morris senior playoffs. Uh, I would put
1: that one. It might be. It's definitely in my top three for coaches going off. Um, There's Gundy saying I'm a man. I'm 40. Come after me. That one's amazing. <laughs> um, There's Herm Edwards. Like we play to win the game. That's what I thought after the Broncos beat the Chargers. Oh, but Teddy only threw it, you know, 14 times or whatever, or last night with Mac Jones. Oh, he only threw it three times.
2: You play to win the game. I don't care how it looks. You play to win. Um, my, my, maybe my favorite comment was a Tampa Bay coach back in the '70s, I think, but it was too nuanced because I think Brian Kelly actually tried to pull it off and ended up getting in trouble for it when he, you know oh the, no. the reporter asked you know about his team's execution and he says I'm in favor of it because um, Brian Kelly tried yeah. to use that one a couple of weeks ago. I'm like that was brilliant, but uh, a little too nuanced for today's Twitter age, I think. Because I think I think he had to apologize for for bringing that quote up from the '70s. Mm. I'm not a fan of Brian Kelly by any stretch of the imagination, but I would defend him on that one. Yeah, Scott and I are going to do an LSU podcast
1: and all of a sudden have a fake Southern Bayou accent there coming out. <laughs> ALASU, I-, I can't even do it. Um, but we, thank you so much, Ethan. We appreciate you. Um, we got the Howler Bro Surf coming in saying, Morning Fellows, not directed at you, but can we stop Mac Jones' offensive rookie MVP talk now? It's not going to stop. Try. As, yeah, it's not going
2: to stop as long as the uh, Patriots keep winning. Scott's- I will try. I will stay on it. I will stay on it. I said, I'm going to get ugly. If he gets chosen over Jamar Chase, I'm going to make it ugly. I'm going to make it real ugly. Well, you know what? There is a,
1: a way out there where Jamar Chase doesn't get it because of the Broncos. We have a matchup on the horizon with uh, Patrick Sertan versus Jamar Chase. And if Sertan clamps him, maybe it might be a little bit hard for Chase uh, losing that rookie on rookie battle. But we'll see. Chase has been incredible this year. Um, definitely worth that pick. For the uh the Bengals, despite all the the talk about Penny Sewell versus Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase looks like a good pick. Uh Dave Glassman's in the house with the stars, says, Fire Vic, Pat, Tom, and Teddy. Oh man, we have lost Dave. Dave, I think you're gonna be riding the horse again uh after we beat the Lions <laughs> and uh full on belief heading into that game against the Bengals, which is definitely a must-win. But gotta beat the, the Lions first. Um Peter Middleton saying new back tack- to the Purcell talk, yeah. Peter came in with some stars. Uh new nose tackle then draft. Uh, draft is definitely possible. Um, I'll be getting an article out here at some point. Dane Brugler of The Athletic, who's one of the better draft media folks out there, um, had a his first mock draft of the season with the Broncos taking Jordan Davis at 17th overall. Nose tackle from the uh, Georgia, Georgia Bulldogs, Bulldogs, of course. Yep, um, 6'6", 360, um, an absolute mountain of a man. There are going to be some questions about his uh, his snap count ability. I think he plays maybe even less than 50% of Georgia's defensive snaps. Um, so is that worth it to take a guy that doesn't play that many snaps? And on on top of that being conditioning questions at thin mile high air, um, we'll see. Uh, he The thing about Jordan Davis is that he is so big and that size translates no matter what. Like, he, you know, he, there's no question. He's going to be big out there and be able to take up multiple gaps. And when you're going to run as much too high safety looks as the Broncos like to do, having a guy who is that dominant in the run game where you don't have to allocate bodies to the box um, can be a huge schematic advantage on first and second down on those uh, running plays. Is that worth a first round pick though? That's the rub in it. You know, when he's not playing a lot of snaps, when you can find other bodies, maybe not as good as him, obviously, but when you can, can find other bodies to fill that role, um, is that worth a first round pick allocation? That's, that's going to be the rub.
2: All of the questions that Nick had going into the game it, go, about Jordan Davis showed themselves in this SEC championship game. Yeah. Um, is he going to be limited? Can you spread him out? Alabama targeted that idea with by going hurry up and keeping him on the field and wearing him out. Uh, they're spreading it out. All of a sudden, you don't need a nose tackle as much. So if you can scheme somebody out of a game, how valuable is he? However, if you're in a 3-4, if you're going to run a 3-4 and you're in the 17 range... I'm, I'm real interested now, Nick, in the mid middle of the first, um, you know, we've talked about, you know, I don't care if he was top 10, I'm, I'm, I'm coming back over to your side on that one that I don't know that I take him in the top 10, but if you are starting talking teens, late teens now, now I'm getting interested. Um, Miguel, good morning. And there's been something a little strange with Facebook lately. Um, some of the stars aren't showing up on the Facebook stream. So, um, call it call us out on this one call call mm-hmm. out on that one just say so even something as, as subtle as what what miguel says here is you know for the nick and scott coffee fund he's not necessarily saying hey i've given stars but it's it's obvious he did so thank yeah. you very much for that uh because i can't see it when you see me looking over here all the time i'm looking for the stars coming in and didn't show up and we had three or four of those last night so mm-hmm. if i if i happen to miss you on that uh i apologize in advance not 100% uh, our fault so help us out on that please and and uh, thank you for the coffee fund I've got 8 bags of coffee sitting in the in the underneath the sink that I used the 31% discount on it uh, for Halloween so I stocked up thanks to y'all appreciate it
1: yeah and just real quick back to the uh, nose tackle talk um, there is another nose tackle in this draft that I like a heck of a lot um, it is a Yukon Husky actually um, so pretty rare to see them but uh, he is 6'4", 333 pounds and a pretty darn good athlete. It's a little bit smaller, but you might be able to get him day two in the draft. So uh, Travis Jones for UConn, he accepted his uh, senior bowl invite. So you're going to see him down in Mobile. Good. Uh, I'll be there. I'll be there again. Yep. Keep an eye out for him. Um, Who could be a good coach to lure in Rogers or Wilson? Um, Gosh, this one may be a little bit uh, obvious, but uh, Kyle Shanahan, perhaps I know that there's some, uh, maybe some Kyle Shanahan smoke there as far as interest. I know Dan Quinn is another one with uh, Russell Wilson. And maybe Daryl Bevel is another one. And there was another coach um, for Rogers who there was some linkage to. Maybe it's even the Patriot, the Packers offensive coordinator right now. Um, But for me though, I think right now I'm leaning towards the Broncos keeping Vic Fangio and uh, hoping that the offensive personnel and the power of draft capital slash uh, cap space is the lure for Rodgers or Wilson. I mean, I don't I don't know how much Seahawks football you have watched this year. It's obvious that Wilson's not healthy, but man, their offensive line and their defense is absolutely dreadful. Just so bad. And uh I think I I would still obviously take a shot on Wilson. There, it's he's really a polarizing player in dra-
2: uh Twitter right now for Broncos country. A lot of people don't want What isn't want though? I mean, yeah, come on. True. True. What, what true. isn't? That that's not a very good barometer, dude. Yeah, um that's but true. you know, the things <laughs> I see is you know oh he hasn't been good i'm like last year he had like 40 touchdowns last year you know yeah. and and he had a career high in interceptions but he wasn't bad last year jesus i'm yeah. not ready to give up on a 32 year old guy with his resume for goodness sakes yeah um you know can I mean, he's even if he slows down some top 10 his slower version is still where Drew Brees was it, like the best version of of Drew Brees you know the shorter quarterback needs to have his mobility you know Drew Brees could run Russell Wilson's an athlete mm-hmm. um Drew Brees played till he was 42 years old and was still throwing for 4000 yards so yeah. uh Russell Wilson is would be a, a great option to me but again it's the it's the franchise and it's the system that we're talking about that um that would be the big draw. I don't necessarily think the coach, but if you're bringing a guy like in that, like that in, he's gonna have a say in it. You know, yeah, Russ. Who who, who who would you feel comfortable with? Unfortunately, with player power as is, you go after Aaron Rodgers, he's he's gonna help you pick a coach. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, you give them the power. That's part of the pitch. Um, Eddie Jameson, good morning from a Colts fan. Thank you so much, Eddie. I I uh I like the Colts. I grew up next to uh Bob Sanders is Future wife. Um, and he was always super nice to see him around and uh got to meet Dallas Clark and Peyton Manning and a bunch of those Colts um when I was growing up because you know, right next door. Pretty awesome to the uh, Iowa Colts connection. Also, one of my good friends, his cousin is Pat Angerer, who played for middle linebacker Great name. for the Colts. Yeah, what a good linebacker. Great name. name. <laughs> um, good player for um uh, Bettendorf High School. Chris Hernandez coming in here saying good
2: morning. Yeah, and thank you for the stars. This is one of the ones that I was talking about. I happen to see it shows up. In the very teeny corner in the right, but it doesn't show up on my stream. It shows up in this stream, but not the Facebook stream. So something's a, a little strange. But Chris coming in with big stars this morning, and we appreciate it saying good morning. Is Reason McMahon still has a job because there isn't a viable replacement? No. Special teams coaches aren't hard to replace. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, a personal decision. This is a. The answer to that is, is, is no. Uh, he's got a job because he doesn't want to disrupt it midseason. Uh, flat out. We'll, we'll, we'll do this at the end of the season. And I get that there's, there's not a ton of, unless there's a, a personality problem or, you know, some a mutiny going on or something along like that. You don't typically see position coaches uh, get the ax in the middle of the season. It's everything, all the business is done in the off season. And, and if the year, they do see, if you do
1: see somebody getting fired mid season, it's odds are that coach who's doing the firing sinking ship that the writing is on the wall he is just pushing buttons hoping that something works out um so you're probably not going to see it um in midseason and also how much how different is the unit going to be firing mid-season right like this probably the special teams is what it is um right now and you're gonna still see the map mix of execution and part of the, so as much of that, is on the players on the field as it is McMahon. Now is McMahon the main influence on who he's bringing in for his special teams, who are his guys, then he is responsible for their play on the field, of course. But uh, I don't think you're going to see it mid season. Hopefully we'll see something in the off season though, because my God, they just, they can't do it. They cannot do it. Uh, Jim Bean coming in saying, good morning. Good morning to you, Jim. Awesome to see. Um, we got Brian D coming in here saying, I think the best the Broncos can do now is finish 9-8 and eight and we'll be short of a wild card. So let's get into this real quick, Scott. Um, path to the playoffs. Path to the We're playoffs. 30 minutes in. It's time to get to the, the title subject. Absolutely. I mean, we obviously want to give the uh, the people in the chat to say hello first. But Brian D, thank you for the comment here. I, I agree with Brian. I think this is exactly how it's going to play out. The Broncos have five more games left. I see them going three and two down the stretch. So it, let's just... I, the Broncos cannot overlook the Lions, but me sitting in this chair here, my with my fat butt, you know, I, I can sit here and say, "Oh yeah, beating the playoffs for, or beating the Lions for sure." Um, but after that, Bengals, uh, Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs, I see two and two. I think the Broncos are going to be able to win at le- win two of those games, and that would put them just outside of the playoffs. Unfortunately, because of the the first tiebreaker will be the conference uh, record, and the Broncos have lost way too many games against AFC opponents. You know, it's great that we beat up on Dallas and Washington football team. It's always good to kick the teeth in the NFC East because they just get way too much hype every single season. I love that. But when it comes to playoff seating could be an issue uh, because you're going to have a lower AFC record than most of your opponents, because most of your wins, half your wins have come up
2: against the NFC East so far this season. So before we just pencil in a win, Against the Detroit Lions, mm. which again they're o ten and one. You should they won they won one they won this weekend. They did. I'm sorry. Yep one one ten and one one ten and one. Yep. Have you looked at their recent scores? I mean, the last four weeks, and there is a bye week in there. I think actually that's probably just a long week from uh, from Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yep. Um, a tie at Pittsburgh. Okay, Pittsburgh yeah. can play a little ball. They lost thirteen to ten to the Cleveland Browns. Thirteen to ten at Cleveland. How Denver do there? Chicago Bears, not a very good team, but sixteen to fourteen. Yeah. Minnesota Vikings, they just beat twenty nine to seven. So the last four games, they're playing like a five hundred team. So I looked at at those scores. I was like, what's their what's their plus minus on this? And it was still bad. It was like minus one thirteen because they they had some blowouts early in the season, but it put them like. 27th or 26th or plus minus or five or six teams that were below them in their in their overall scores so because they've been playing teams tight now again you can't overlook that we don't expect doesn't matter if we overlook the broncos i mean the yeah. the lions we don't expect them to because now the broncos know they can't afford to lose this game if they lose this game done last week we said was last week a must-win game no it wasn't this is this yeah. is a must-win game if you lose this game to the Lions, it's over. This season is done. Um, you're, we're, we're moving on to draft, and we're we're publicly writing articles about who the next head coaching candidates are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Also, we got uh, Tony coming in here with the thumbs up, the coffee, and the hearts. Good to see you, Tony. Um, yeah, the, I the Broncos this season. What have they done very well? They've beaten up on bad teams, and the Lions. Well, they've been playing it close. I think are a relatively bad team, and also that the Lions are not a team where. I think the Broncos have any concerns about Jared Goff and trying to play keep up. Like I've said, the Broncos this season, the games that they've lost, they've fallen behind early. First team to ten
2: points has won every game this season. Jared here's, Goff doesn't impress me at all. Here's what might concern me a little bit, Nick. They rushed for 229 yards against the Steelers. You know, saying that you know, as Klee says, there's no Big Ben. Well, Big Ben's not stopping the run. Um, yeah. You know, so they they rushed for 229 against the Steelers. They rushed for 168 against the Browns. Um, uh, those are two teams that the Broncos couldn't run against. and fa- let's face it, Broncos need to run the ball to win this game. So, yeah. um the defense is giving up they gave up one forty five rushing, one eighty four rushing, sixty eight rushing and a win over the bears and one hundred rushing to the Vikings. So they can be run against. there's yeah. your if, if as we said earlier in the pod and i have said before, The teams that are bullying you in the line of scrimmage, you're not matching up well against. So this should be a pretty good match. I I know it sounds ridiculous. They're one in 10, but they're playing decent ball right now. So the matchup, uh, think of them more as a 500 team. The matchup still favors the Broncos because I I think if the Broncos load up to stop the run, they can and Detroit's not having a lot of success stopping the run.
1: Yeah. And you know what? You bring up a good point here where it makes me question this a little bit. Um, You mentioned Detroit being running the ball very effectively they have three premium investments on the offensive line for the Lions. They have uh, Taylor Decker at left tackle, who's been very good for them, underrated out of Ohio State. Um, They have Frank Ragnow, who might be one of the best centers in football, especially in the gap run game. And they have Penny Sewell, who uh, is playing really good at right tackle. We talked about Jamar Chase earlier, now we're over at Penny Sewell. So they've invested really heavily in the offensive line. Oh, and they also have TJ Hawkinson, who's one of the better young tight ends in football, um, who is a true you know, two-way tight end as far as a receiving threat and a good blocker. So um, Broncos are going to have to be able to stop the run and put the game on Jared Goff. However, I think that... Vic Fangio is definitely up to that task. Um, The question will be more so can the Broncos get after the passer uh, consistently on those third and longs or even third and five. Uh, The Broncos this last week, I think they only rushed Patrick Mahomes or they only pressured Patrick Mahomes four times. Um, which is not good. Um, And uh, they just have not been consistent in that department all season. So if they can stop the run, which I think will be key number one for Fangio on this defense, mm-hmm. then it'll put it on Jared Goff, who is, man, you guys get upset about Teddy throwing it short of the sticks. Don't watch any lions games this year. My God, it'll, you'll pull your hair out. Um, But, Broncos should win. And also, I don't respect this uh, this Lions defense for anything. I don't think they're a good defensive side of the ball. Broncos should be able to run the football. Just, I would expect Teddy to have a bounce back game. And people are like, oh, we overreacted to Teddy. No, Teddy sucked against the Chiefs. He can also be good against the Lions. You know, it's a week-to-week league. But uh, that's my expectation for the Lions. I, I'm going to pencil it in as a win still. If they lose to this uh, Lions game, not only is the season over, you're talking about the whole regime of coaching staff being over this is a must win they cannot drop this one against yeah, i mean team and 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 it could
2: happen right then i mean it could happen that week yeah <laughs> if you lose to the lions again we said i don't think that this this group i think gets the season no matter what but it's going to be a very uncomfortable place to coach for the remaining four games if you lose to the lions yeah absolutely
1: um, and this, this, uh, Joseph L coming in and saying Mahomes had his lowest pass rate of his career. I'd say the plan worked. Yeah. The Broncos plan defensive plan definitely worked. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, but still there are critiques out there. I mean, the first half, the chiefs had two drives, took up almost the entire play clock or that quarter and had 10 points out of the gate. Some of that, a lot of that is on the Broncos offense, complimentary football, right? They gained two yards in the first quarter on, and two, three and outs that's not good enough but uh the defensive line was getting displaced pretty often the Chiefs had third and two third and second and three pretty consistently in that first half of play play and the defensive line just was getting beat I mean they were just simply getting beat on that side of the ball um so it did work overall synergistically for the defense but uh, they did not create enough negative plays with the pass rush which you know can lead to turnovers can lead to better field position etc etc and you end up losing maybe and that's definitely an unfair ask on the defense. I'm putting 85% of the blame on Teddy Bridgewater for that loss. But if the defense could have pass rushed a little bit better, you know, maybe we're talking about a different game. Maybe you get a key turnover earlier in a short field. Um, you just, they they have not been creating they that did. explicit play.
2: It was pretty late in the game. Was it wasn't a short field. I feel like it was, but like it on was, the it, side. I'm pretty sure that would have given the lead. Wasn't that if that fumble had come back, what I mean, I mean you're talking was, the fumble. Yes. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's like, it, yep. it wouldn't have been just a short field. It would have been a kickoff. And, and yeah. wouldn't that fumble those that six points again, the Broncos the lead. I don't remember for sure. I think it would have tied it close. Right. But yeah. it's a different game. Yep you know so yeah, totally yeah the Broncos defense was really really good um yeah, especially sure. back seven, one I'm not sure if right. you're saying this uh tongue-in-cheek or not so I like your guys thought but look they lost to the Eagles I-, I know who could possibly lose to the Eagles man you lose to the Eagles you might yeah. as well just fold up the shop the Eagles are uh in in, in soccer terms in, in international football terms we call um a player who beats up gets, scores a lot of goals does a lot against bad teams we call them flat track bullies that's what the Eagles are this year the Eagles have beat up on bad some bad teams or teams that couldn't handle them in the trenches yeah. um and if I'm not mistaken what's the Eagles record right now they're not going on the door of 500 they're right at 500 they're I think they are uh, six and six. Yeah, it might so, actually be
1: exactly six and six they're, they're, The they're, Eagles.
2: Now, if there's a Jekyll and Hyde team out there for me, it's the the, the Eagles because they've looked like world beaters a few times this year. And then other times, you're like how do they turn around and lose that one?
1: So, yeah, no, they've definitely been a Jekyll and Hyde team. I mean, that's that's the Jalen Hurts experience, right? If the teams can work, uh, beat the Eagles in the trenches or at least stalemate them and make Jalen Hurts have to throw the football, it's uh, it has not worked out as well for them. So. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, back to the playoffs here, talking about the Broncos here. I'll let Scott produce the comments because I got some data I want to get into. Um, Football Outsiders right now has the Broncos with a 17% chance of making the playoffs so far this uh, with the rest of this season, which is not the, the worst in the world, but uh, obviously not great either. So 17% chance with a uh, 10% chance of winning the wild card. Uh, or excuse me, a 13% chance of getting a wild card spot and a 3% chance of winning the division. So not very good. And the Broncos right now, what do you think their, their mean wins are?
2: Uh, I want to talk about the 17% chance. Um, okay. Because I want to own it. And Shane, thanks for the stars on this. And I just got a laugh out of reading it. It says, good morning, Nick and Scott. Good morning. I have no expectations for this game. If any team can find a way to lose to the lions through bad game plans, stupid coaching decisions. It's this team. Um, Again, it should be fairly simple, right? It's uh, it should be fairly simple. Run the ball. Um, the seventeen percent, what's that? Six to one, six to one odds. You find somebody that'll give you. Uh, I don't know that I'd want to put down a dollar to win six right now on this Broncos team. Um, does nine and eight get it done? Again, it, probably not. Probably I mean, what do you wins. think? Seventy-five percent chance of a win in this game, and then Cincinnati. You got to go two and zero in those two to have a chance. I think you can go one and one, um, but then you have to win every single game. You have
1: the ability to lose one more game, I think, and even then it's not a guarantee. Um, but you can one more game, uh, you can lose, and if that's the Cincinnati game, you know, good freaking luck. Uh, I think uh, Joe Mixon is dealing with an injury right now. Joe Burrow has a pinky injury. Uh, the Broncos essentially have to win that Bengals game because you can't give yourself zero room for error uh, with those last three games. But uh, I would say if they did lose to the Bengals, not to fire everybody, not to fold up shop, because you still have three divisional games that could go a long way in determining uh, which direction you go. And honestly, this is as crazy as it sounds with this Broncos game. The best game they could lose, and even though it would suck and be embarrassing, would be this Lions game. Because if you lose, lose to an NFC opponent, that's not going to affect your uh,
2: tiebreakers. You're, you're you thinking you like a scientist one. instead of somebody. You're going to have to bring your heart into this one and take your, take your brain out of it because momentum is real. uh the team form for lack of a better word how they play is real and if they lose this game everybody's packing up shop it's it's done done yeah i don't care you know it's this it's not a computer program on here it's we're not simulating this on madden where the result doesn't matter the result matters and if they lose the lions it's done we're going to be going broncos for draft uh breakfast in the mornings is what we're going to be doing uh, and yeah. free agency and all that type of stuff. So, yeah. uh, coaching search. So, yes, I'm not one for hyperbole. Uh, you know, I try and leave myself an out on these type of things. But lose this one and forget it. It's done. Yeah,
1: you're probably right. You're probably right. And we got the DWI guys coming back in fifteen dollars, saying I rewatched the game and have to ask, where is Shelby Harris? Took his money to the bank and it's still there. Um, yeah, Shelby's been a disappointment this season. Um, he's been. Solid, but he's not been much of an impact player. Um, So the Broncos, luckily, they signed him to what? I think it was like a three-year deal where he's pretty easy to get out of his contract after next season. Um, But he's definitely one that needs to feel a little bit of pressure right now because he has not been a much of a difference maker um, on the defensive side of the ball in the run game or the pass game. And uh, you want to do better there, especially if you're paying somebody. So he's fine, but I think he's been a, a bit of a disappointment as far as the return on investment so far this season.
2: And how big is his contract? Cuz he doesn't have a that big of a cat number. I'm looking it up right now.
1: Signed it's a 3-year, $27
2: million maybe. contract. Okay, that's solid. That's that's decent money. And then dead cap, like you said, it's it's uh it's it's 11 million next year and then drops to uh 3 million in 2023. So basically he's got one more year left on his deal with a club option. Yep. Um so you're going to have to see the best best out of him. But the, the other thought of that is, you know, you give guys life-changing money. He doesn't have to work again if he doesn't want to. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, how much of this – you? I watched the game, but I'm not I'm not Dove Valley deep divers, okay? I'm not re-watching this game over and over again and watching the all 22 and doing all this stuff. Is the lack of help from the edge hurting Shelby Harris –
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, Shelby was never an alpha on the defensive line, right? He better, he was better when he played off somebody who was better than him next to him. Um, And uh, that's been an issue so far this season. Um, The edge rushing for the Broncos has been below average. um, No doubt about it. Malik Reed, uh, he has some good plays on third and long where he can be a finesse edge rusher. But I mean, he cannot hold the, hold the edge for the life, for the life of him in run defense. And uh, the other edge spot, I mean, you just don't have enough juice or dynamic play at that position with Von Miller gone and with Bradley Chubb slowly working his way back. So it's definitely an issue. Um, Draymond Jones has been actually playing pretty well. He's probably been the Broncos' best player on the defensive mm-hmm. line this season. Um, And opposing offenses are doing that accordingly, or have noticed that because he is definitely getting the highest rate of attention in double teams of anybody on that defensive line right now. Uh, but there's a reason that when people are – Talking about the Broncos this off season, when as soon as the conversation moves beyond quarterback, it goes to edge rusher. This team needs another guy, and I, I'm a big Jonathan Cooper fan. I think he's going to be fine. Um, maybe a little bit inconsistent week to week, but uh, they they need to bring in another juice of talent at the edge position, and this might be the draft to do it.
2: Um, and there Peter comes in with a, sorry, I I'm no, jumping on you in there because I was looking at a calculator because we're we said there'd be no math. Um. But this is one I, I kind of see fairly often about Fant. You know, can Noah Fant file And Peter, thanks for the stars, um, he's on pace to have a career high in receptions by a decent amount. Uh, he had sixty-two. I know there's an extra game in there, but he's on pace for seventy-six receptions, and his career high is sixty-two. He's got forty-nine already through eleven games. Um, has Fant been that bad? <laughs> <laughs> um I mean what were your expectations? Is the expectations that he's supposed to take that big leap? Because the way the way the talk right now, and again, I didn't watch him last year, the way the talk right now is that he's regressed, he's fallen off the cliff, he's disappeared. He's he's on pace to really break through his I mean it's only 3 years, but he's going to have a career high in receptions. His yardage is going to be about the same cuz he's not getting downfield as much. But what what were the expectations? Cause I don't think he's regressed. He's like I said, career high here.
1: Yeah. I think it is more so the feeling on his season as a whole um, Fant has been giving a lot of layup plays this season where it's like, come on, buddy, you have one defensive back to make miss mm-hmm. for a first down or for a two point conversion. And I, I honest to God cannot think of a single time this season where he's made that play when he's been given the opportunity. Now um, some of that is definitely on the scheme. Some of that is on the quarterback blah, 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 for sure. But Fant has been given, while the numbers on the whole look solid, he just is not making any plays. And for a first round pick of the tight end position with the athleticism that he has, he needs to make those plays in the open field. I mean, that's why
2: you invest a first round pick in that kind of player. And he just, he hasn't done it this season. I guess, I guess my question on this a little bit is, you know, depending on what time of day it is when I'm involved with the Broncos, Bridgewater basically gets blamed for everything. Yeah. And I'm like, well, fans getting the targets, he's getting the receptions. Um, And, you know, some of the comments on here is like, his effort seems to have regressed uh, this type of thing. So I think he's, you know, again, what were, what were the expectations? The expectations is I want to be able to break a tackle against a safety, you know, with two yards to go to the sticks. Um, And I get that, but you know, he's getting, he's getting the looks to, you know, he's getting the ball headed his way. So, you know, I, I appreciate the way that Peter asked that. Can he step up as opposed and, to, the, you know, the, the 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 like I said, depending on the time of day, it's you know, it's all Teddy's fault. Yeah, this offseason, I may have to
1: dust off my uh, statistical software um, fingers uh, with R, which is a free package online for a statistical analysis, because there is a statistic. Called yards after catch over expected, which is kind mm-hmm. of like completion percentage over expected, where they take uh, passes that are to every single spot on the field and uh, what you get
2: divided by what the average is for every single. That's target a that's there. a good explosive player stat. Yes, it know, really what is. are they? What are they doing? Except except the, the only thing I have a problem with that is is what is expected. You know, expectations bring a bias. Expectations. You know, you know, you take one of those surveys. They're like, you know, was your was your experience better than expected, worse than expected, as expected. And I always feel bad saying as expected because I went to a really nice place. I had high expectations. You got the yeah. middle grade. It was well, still expe- five stars, but it was what I expected. So th- that, that stat I think can be really well, but I'd, I'd be tough. There, there's a, a measure of subjectivity in there that could skew it a little bit too
1: well they 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 take out the subjectiveness with the overexpected because it is the average of every single target that's gone to that specific spot of the field so obviously there is some bias in it um because if you have you know better wide receivers or a better offensive line or a better quarterback that could manipulate the space and make it better for you to have yards over expected like let's if you had Calvin Anderson on one side of the field and Randy Moss on the other and then you have you know Noah Fant he's probably going to have better yards after carry over expected because he's going to have more space and you can't really account for that situation in the data. But overall, I think it's a really good stat and I would expect Noah Fant to have one of the lowest yards after catch over expected in the NFL. Cause he just, he's having the opportunities you talked about it. The raw stats are there, but he's not doing anything after the catch. And if you, you, this is the, again, coming back to the argument where like you're taking non-premium positions in the first round, they have to hit so much over, um, where, like, uh, let's say if you let's say Fanta's a top 14 tight end right now, okay, cool, that whatever. Um, that would be fine for a fourth round pick or a third round pick, <laughs> yeah. Um, look, that would be look fine. at who he's
2: around and where they were yep. taken and, and what they're yep. getting paid, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yes. So
1: it's just when you take a first round tight end, the floor for that pick has to be so much higher to be a hit. Um, and if it was like a cornerback or an edge rusher, you know, you'd say, let's say he's the 14th to 18th cornerback or edge rusher in the NFL or offensive tackle. Hell yes. Hell yes. He doesn't have to be the best ever, but because it's so hard to find those positions, um, that level of player uh, is a much better hit and return on investment than the tight end when you tight ends are typically found day two, early day three. Um, So I would say that right now, I wouldn't say he's a bust by any means, but he's got to play better and he's not been a good return on investment in comparison to where he was selected for his position. So,
2: long, long way to get there. <laughs> yeah, no, Max coming in. No, I appreciate the question on that, too. And and I, I like the opportunity to come in and, and ask some of the ask some of these questions myself and and start getting a different take on some of the other things uh, that we hear. And, and Max coming in. And I wanted to actually Max, I'll come back to you real quick, because because uh, Lewis says Teddy's playing for everything. What game are you watching? Um, I said blamed for everything. <laughs> so if it's not Fangio or Shermer getting blamed, it's Teddy. Like I said, depending on what time of day you were watching on this. Um, yeah. I, I like to try, can, try and take a, a bigger view and see, you know, going back to Shelby Harris. Are there other factors that why Shelby Harris may have regressed? What are the expectations for Noah Fant? Because a lot of the talk is that he has regressed. Um, I, I, I wanted, I want to stimulate the conversation on this and see if there are uh extenuating circumstances here uh and going back to max powers is not impressed with Dable or more i haven't i haven't watched uh, Dable as much uh doug peterson you know i think you could do a lot worse than doug peterson but i know for a fact you could do worse than kellen moore he's still got the number one offense in the league and he's what 32 years old maybe yeah you know i mean dude when you're looking at coordinators, do not look at a small sample size. Well, I watched them on Thanksgiving; they didn't do very well. No, 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 no. Look at the big picture. And right now, Dallas is sitting number one. Now, listening back to what I just said, what are the extenuating circumstances? Is he number one because Dak Prescott is that good, and they've got Amari Cooper and Ceedee Lamb and Ezekiel Smith? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Should he be doing better than number one? Well, you can't do better than number one. But how about points per game? When I sort by that column. Well, they're two. Yeah. Dude, you know, th- that's, that's, that's good. That's, that's pretty good.
1: Yeah. No, that is very good. Um, and just to look at, I'm just curious right now, talk back to Noah Fan here real quick. Um, Football Outsiders has him as the, uh, 30th ranked tight end this season in DVOA. So, uh, he's been, he's just not lived up to it. But I would not give up on him just yet because he is an athlete. He is still extremely young and, uh, you still have him underneath at least one more year of control. So, uh, don't give up on fan just yet. Not impressed with Dabble or more, but Doug Peterson, I agree with you. Uh Peterson would be a good get. I think Peterson is going to be one of the most sought after uh head coaches in the league this season, though. And uh, is he gonna be more interested in this Denver gig than other potential spots? That's the question. You have to sell Denver. And maybe Denver is a little bit of a hard sell given that the new coach, a new coach would be brought in before uh the uh the new ownership situation is stabilized. And also you're coming into the AFC West where you have to go up against Brandon Staley and Andy Reed with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. That's pretty hard. Um, the landscape here in the AFC West is pretty darn hard. So we'll see in you know,
2: Kellen Moore own four versus after the West. Didn't the Cowboys beat the chargers? I don't, I don't know. It's a team game. You know, there's, yeah. there's again, Extenuating circumstances when I look at number one and think, okay, number one, number two in scoring offense, he's he's doing his job. He's he's doing a a good job. Uh and and Lewis, all good. Um, you know, uh sorry, I heard you wrong. No, that's fine. Um, but there's you know, there's there's two lines of thought. One, you know, I, I see Teddy, like I said, Teddy getting blamed for everything. One was uh he quits, no heart, doesn't play, and two, was he's got too much pride to pull himself out when he's hurt. Well, those two just those two don't jive together. So either he's playing through injury and he's and he's and he's too prideful to to pull himself out, or he's a quitter. Those those aren't the same thing. That the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Has the effort on tackles been good? No. No, the effort on tackles has been better. Throw yourself at that dude's knees. Don't just try and bump into him. First thing I I, I couldn't have been alone on that interception. First thing I did was where's Bridgewater? Okay, he's there. He's there. Oh God. That that's the best you can do. I'm like, yeah. okay, he's gonna go in there. He's gonna he's gonna sacrifice life and limb to make this tackle. Nope. Nope. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and shoulder tackle him out of bounds. Yeah, all you did was just accelerate him towards the end zone. To be so, fair, he was
1: getting blocked as well at the same time. So I've yeah,
2: he... said before, you don't come back from what he has come back from and not have heart. Yeah. Um, his effort level on the interceptions has been dreadful. But, you know, like I said, depending on the time of day, Teddy gets blamed for, you know, the, the everything. And, uh, that's a, uh, that's a little harsh. Truth is usually somewhere in between.
1: And that's, that's the rub with quarterback though, right? Get way too much of the credit when the, when you win, get way too much of the blame when you lose. Um, it's always a team effort. Um, and it's always going to be that way. You want to have the guys around them. I mean, we're seeing it with, uh, Russell Wilson right now, or Aaron Rodgers in his career. Aaron Rodgers has only won one NFC championship game, and he's arguably one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I mean, that's that's insanity, right? Um, but it's the reality of the situation. Shane coming in saying, I like Doug Peterson. Second time retreads tend to do well. Um, plus he has a Super Bowl winning, he's a Super Bowl winning coach. His issue was really bad owner and GM situation in Philly. He's definitely a players coach and great management of his coordinators. Does seem like uh, Doug Peterson is a good coach and a good manager of personalities. I agree with that the power dynamic in Philly was weird. Cause you got Howie Roseman um, who is very, very much a powerful figure in Philly. And also I think closest with their owner. Um, and also the Carson Wentz situation was pretty interesting as well. They were all in on Carson Wentz and they didn't want to have to move on from him at, at well at the same time. So they brought uh, Nick Skangarini, I think that's how you say his last name in first and he couldn't get it done with Wentz, So they moved on, but I'd be interested in Peterson. The question is, is Peterson interested in Denver and the other question is, and this is something that I've heard um uh, mentioned, and it's definitely going to get some eye rolls here in the chat, but uh, I think that there is some validity to it, and I've heard it from multiple people who are not connected. Uh, Peyton, philosophy-wise, may be more interested in a defensive-minded head coach. I think he's looking for more of a problem solver and overarching viewpoint of somebody which tends to come more so from the defensive side of the ball versus the pinpoint focus
2: of an offensive-minded head coach. But Well, this we'll the see. second time retread. That's such a negative word. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what I like to think of is that they learn from their mistakes and have gotten some experience and have gotten wiser and are doing better. Um, they, or they just weren't good enough. You don't know for sure, obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, Peterson has had some success, and yeah. like I said, I think I think you could do a lot worse than that. And um, Dan Quinn unfortunately is gonna be remembered by for one of the lowest points in nfl history um that's not all on him um but we can talk more about him again uh in the future as we start getting into this and and billy ray valentine um as a true fans we had to know teddy was not the future he's a stop gap at best yeah we, we we've said that the whole time he's not he was never the quarterback of the future he was in to try for vic fangio to see maybe we can get a winning season and bridge no pun intended the gap until we get our, our franchise quarterback Peyton saying maybe our franchise quarterback is on our roster. No. No, no, no. If y'all have learned anything from me on this is don't listen to what they say publicly. Uh they, they, the the franchise quarterback is not on this roster. At least that is the the feeling. Uh don't watch don't don't listen to what they say, watch what they do. And all of the actions say that you're you've got to be in the market for a quarterback uh this this season.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, you got to be very aggressive with the Wilson Mahomes uh, tier. And I'd be really curious also to see what happens with Kyle Shanahan. And if he came to Denver, man, he'd have three quarterbacks on the market that would uh, be connected to him with Kirk cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo and Matt Ryan. So that might change the formula as well, but who knows? Um, we'll see what happens. A safe middle of the road guy. um, talking about Teddy. And, there. and there's
2: one other, there's one other factor in there. You're leaving out. Nick? What was that? Cheap cheap yeah and it's not just he wasn't just safe middle of the road and average he was cheap yep and low risk because you're only tied to him for one year short term Uh, so remember the phrase i've used before you get what you pay for Mm -hmm. you didn't pay for much and it was a very low risk option because you're free next year yep you're you've got all the options in the world next year so uh, the one thing that I think uh, a lot of people might complain about is what was the cost? Was the opportunity cost for you accountants out there? Did it cost you what Drew Locke may have become? Maybe. But the reason Teddy Bridgewater was, was being brought in is because this this administration didn't believe in Drew Locke.
1: Yeah, you're 100% right there. And um, I don't know if you saw this Yeah, Pro Football Focus had one of their first offseason articles come out this uh, this yesterday, Yeah, December 6th and they projected Teddy Bridgewater to have one of the top 75 contracts in free agency this year. What did you what do you think Pro Football Focus is projecting Teddy Bridgewater's contract to be this offseason? season?
2: I don't know what it's projected to be, but it should be somewhere in the neighborhood of 2 years, 24 million, and most of that is front loaded and they, it's a 1 year option.
1: This is what they have. 2 years, 40 million, 20 million average per year with 27.5 million guaranteed for Teddy nope. Bridgewater. No. Nope. Yep. So, I, and I agree with you there. Um, that's that's what they're projecting with the increase going up there. That's a lot of money, and unfortunately, um, that probably pushes you next season where if you don't get an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson, Teddy moves on in that situation, and maybe we're talking about a a similar. It's you're just you're just pushing it over, but at least you're not committing long term to the wrong guy. But maybe somebody like a Tyrod Taylor or a Marcus Mariota, where you can have similar offensive tenants. Um, As far as defensive first, protecting the football, maybe a little bit more of rushing ability from your quarterback position and short term contract. Because even if you're not even if those guys are not long term, you're not doing the Carolina Panthers where you are paying multiple quarterbacks who are not the answer, (laughs) giving up future assets and paying them for multiple seasons. I mean, that's if you're going to do it,
2: if you're not going to have the
1: guy the way the Broncos are doing it right now is exactly how to not have the guy.
2: Yeah. Charlotte and charity both start with CH. So that's uh, they're, they're the, they're the charity franchise. We're going to, we're going to pay a bunch of people to go play somewhere else. That's, you know, and I don't know where, I don't know how Joe Brady, the, the, the Joe Brady thing still just boggles me. It's like, what, what exactly is his big star? What, what turned him into this, you know, Sean McVay, besides his age and having Joe Brady at LSU where you can out talent eleven of the twelve teams you're gonna face, I don't I don't get it. And I, I think based on we're getting back to what we said earlier, when you're let go in the middle of the season, there's some personality conflicts. Some of that had to go to his head. He's too young and didn't have enough of a, a experience to prove that he belonged where he was. That I have a feeling some of that went to his head and He's gone mid season.
1: Yeah. Yep, absolutely. You're uh you're 100 percent correct there. Yeah, no, I'm looking at it right now. Projected for Bridgewater two year 40 million, which is no way.
2: I'll take the under. So if dumb. my bookie.ag If you want to start putting bets on on that, I'm all in. I'm all in. We'll start, we'll start writing house notes. I don't the I know the league is ridiculous with quarterback funds. I know it, but still, come on. Yeah. You are not going to watch Teddy Bridgewater play quarterback this year and say, "Oh yeah, yeah, I want to put I want to put ten percent of my cap into this guy." No way,
1: yeah, no way. I agree with you. And unfortunately, that puts you in the Marcus Mariota, Tyrod Taylor camp this offseason. But again, it's better than paying long term for somebody who's not the guy. Uh, we got Nash coming in, somebody who is the guy. Thank you so much, nineteen ninety nine. Always so consistent supporting us here. We appreciate you, especially the holiday season. Uh, hey, brothers, Broncos have never drafted a franchise quarterback. I think Wilson is our best bet considering the rumors are tying Rodgers to Pittsburgh. Who do you see as the offensive coordinator if Fangio is retained? Honestly, I'm not even going to guess right now as far as the offensive coordinator because I don't know what the dynamics are going to be. Like maybe it's part of the deal. Like Fangio, if you're coming back, that's fine. We'll have you back one year, but Peyton's picking the offensive coordinator or they're going to let Fangio go down with this ship and give him a real playoffs or bust mandate with his guys. And if if not, then you're all gone. So I, I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe it's something where you bring in Uh, Daryl Bevel or somebody like that who has not been great in Jacksonville, but he does have the uh, Russell Wilson connection to bring him in, and it's not what you know, it's who you know, especially if you have somebody like Russell Wilson. Just ask Adam Gase and all the money he made off of Peyton Manning. Um, But I, I think that a lot of people writing off Shermer being back are a little bit early to do that. I think there's a
2: good chance that he's back. No, I think there is. I really do. Okay, good to me means sixty to seventy five percent or better. So if you want to lay two to one odds, coin coin flip. If you want to lay 2 to 1 odds, we we can we can start our own my bookie on that one. I'll take some of that action too. Um, but I don't think there's a good chance Fangio's back. I think that's less than 50%. You think it's less than 50? I would put it at about 50-50 right now. No, I think it's less than 50. Again, it's it's this team's got to make the playoffs and it looks like 4 and 1 to get in, 3 and 2 maybe. Does 9 and 8 keep Fangio here and you miss the playoffs? No, take the temperature again. Here's here. You want to, you want to speak. That's how you speak. Okay. That's what speaks. Jetty comes in for, if you're listening after the fact, sorry. Um, uh, if you've got the audio version, Jetty splash says 11,000 empty seats at mile high. Yes. That's what speaks volumes to general managers. You're not going to go to another season. If you miss playoffs like this, or you're nine and eight of mediocrity without doing something to get the fans back involved to bring back. What's that what word I use all the time? Hope to bring back hope to the fans to show your, and I'm not just saying doing something for the sake of doing something. I'm talking about getting rid of a coach. It's got about a 400 winning percentage. Yeah. It's just in the
1: NFL, if you don't have a quarterback, you know, you're, you're sunk. And when you have a bottom three quarterback, you're definitely sunk. And that's what Fangio had his first two years in Denver and this season, they're playing about 500 ball with an average quarterback. So, uh, we'll see. Um, we got five games left, too. That's the other thing, too. People are, you know, asking, you know, for definitive statements when we don't have the complete sample size yet. How they look over these next five games? I mean, I, they obviously know that they have I'll, to win. I'll these make games. a definitive
2: statement. If someone gives 27 and to Teddy Bridgewater, guaranteed, they're out of their minds. Uh, That's my definitive statement. I, I appreciate that one. And you know what? I really appreciate. God
1: bless. DWI guys, Ethan coming in hundred dollars. God,
2: amazing! Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah, that's third time coming in today. So again, uh, certainly we certainly appreciate you. This is great show, gents. Keep playing, Pookie. Maybe Wildcat. Just kidding, because it's starting to make you know. That's not a bad idea either. You know, you want to do some short, some short yardage situations. Teddy Bridgewater is not the one that's going to be ducking his head in there. I, I think Collinsworth said, you know, they've been pretty good on the sneak with Bridgewater. Did I hear that? I don't remember seeing a QB sneak this year behind Cushenberry. I remember one. Um, yeah, but it's certainly it not a trend. Like, oh, yeah, we're just going to put our head in here and and do that. I, I've said before that I think that, you know, Teddy is playing a little timid right yeah. now um, physically, and I don't know what he's going through or how he gets up in the morning. He may be, can hardly walk for all I know. Um but he's playing like he's like, he's hurting. He's playing the game. Like he, he hurts. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, DWI guys, this is, this is the kind of boss I'd want to have behind me is, uh, is Ethan over and, uh, over in England. So enjoy some champions league, happy champions league day. Uh, one of the best sporting events on earth. And you're right there in the middle of it over in England. Yeah, absolutely.
1: That's a good, uh, good call there. Um, thank you so much, Ethan. Um, I want to get to this one here from Kelly Madison
2: here real quick. Oh, oh we sorry, got to, I, I wanted to jump through. you before it disappeared because this is another one from Yvonne that is not showing up. Uh, so, tell me, it's just me, uh, Facebook fam? Do you see Yvonne's comment in the stream? Because I don't. It shows up in a teeny little corner as stars, but it's not showing up in the stream. But I see it here. So I don't. L- let me know if you're seeing his comment when you're when you're following along in the chat. But Yvonne says. I think Fangio is 50 50 to be back. He has the excuse of the QB and the injuries. No, no, no. He doesn't have the excuse of the QB because this was somebody that they went out and got. This was, you know, this was, they, they went out and got somebody. The excuse for the QB would have been if they didn't go get Bridgewater and played and tra- played Drew Locke and, and fell on their faces. That would have been the quarterback excuse. So mm-mm, I'm not buying that one. Injuries, yes. Injuries. Yes. Uh, There's been a decimate. There's been a ton of injuries. The linebackers have been crazy uh, with the injuries, but now all of a sudden your, your defense is playing where it should. So I think Fangio has a job immediately next year under someone else. If he's let go as a defensive coordinator, but I don't think it's 50, 50. I, it doesn't matter what I think, but I I think it's like 25% that he's back next year.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. We got five games to find out. I think mm-hmm. that's the
2: biggest thing here. We're going to find
1: out. Um, I want to give this one to Kelly real quick because it is a team building question. And these are my absolute favorite. They get me going for sure. Um, what if Bridgewater gets hurt and drew steps in and does good. Does will Denver still pursue a quarterback in free agency? Or do you think they'll go for one in the draft? I think regardless of what drew does down the stretch here, they're going to be in the quarterback market. So if Teddy doesn't play another game the rest of the season. Unless drew lock comes out and puts up like the best quarterback performance every single week. They there's not enough. There's not enough uh, consistency in his sample size where you're going to be in on him next year. Now, does that mean that maybe you are comfortable um, more comfortable once again, giving him a shot like you did this off season and competing with Teddy Bridgewater? Sure. Yeah. I could, if he kills it down the stretch here and Teddy doesn't play then yes. Cause you still have him under another, another year of control. Mm-hmm. Um, and what would it hurt to have drew lock versus Tyrod Taylor versus a rookie that we didn't already have this season, you know, like that's, not ideal, but uh, there's no way in heck that uh, Drew Locke can do enough here from this point forward for me. And I'll speak for them, too, for the Broncos front office, from what I've heard, um, where uh, he would be um, safe. Uh, and the guy with if he played well down the stretch of the season, he's just there's too much bad play. And it's not about the highs for Drew Locke. It's the lows.
2: Well, and and on this one, because <clears throat> Kelly kind of asked the question with the assumption that they're going for a quarterback. Period. Because yeah. it says, "Do you think do you think they still pursue one in free agency, or do you think they will go for one in the draft?" Uh, my answer to that is kind of you kind of answered it. Is no matter what happens, I think you're trying to upgrade the quarterback room in the offseason. Um, Can you do that with the in the draft? Mm, see, that's the that's the that's the problem right now. Uh, can you do it in free agency? There's not a ton of great options out there. That doesn't mean you go and give Teddy Bridgewater a contract extension of 27 million and a half guaranteed. Uh, but, you know, again, like I said, two for 20 um, where the back end, is, you know, you, you might end up giving 15 in the first year and you have a $5 million dead cap in the second year, which is essentially a one-year option. You can waive him. That's possible while you try and, and get your quarterback of the future in there somehow, some way. Um, but, Uh, if Bridgewater gets hurt and Drew steps in and does good then yeah he'll still get another shot but it's it's gonna have to come under another coaching staff it's gonna have to
1: yep and before we get on out of here, this one from Jetty made me laugh. Um, I love you guys, but it's humiliating sometimes how much I don't know compared to the kids in high school who always knew the stats about the sports stars. Um, definitely one of the kids in high school that knew the stats about the uh, the sports stars, and uh, yeah, that was me. I'm um, still playing, uh, playing ball, but uh, also knowing all the data as well because that's a, that's a competitive advantage, right? The more I know, the better spot I'm going to be to compete. And uh, you want to take every take that every time.
2: I was uh, I was an athlete that was really 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 good in math yep. um If I had been a better athlete I would have been Billy Bean so moneyball absolutely speaks to me yep. um so uh, yeah we're we're both one of those guys and that's why we're here and I kind of say you know it beats working for a living
1: Yeah, God, that's for sure. And also coming in here, Jelly, most most pro-ready quarterback prospect in this draft. It's probably Kenny Pickett. Um, He is the oldest quarterback in this class. Um, He's run a pro-style system many years up until this season. Um, And uh, he has the most probably consistent NFL throws on tape of uh, any of the quarterbacks on here. My issues with Kenny Pickett are threefold. One, he has probably this, when the combine rolls around, he will measure as one of the smallest hands ever for a quarterback that's ever gone through the NFL combine. How much does that matter? I mean, you can ask teams. Um, People made a big deal about it with drew lock and we've seen what drew lock looks like in the elements. Um, Drew lock had a nine and three quarters inch hand size. I think Kenny Pickett is exact. Excuse me. Maybe I'm wrong there. Anyway, Kenny Pickett is like a three quarter inch less than drew lock. whose drew locks hands are like in the ninth percentile. Very small, very, very, very small hands. Another uh, gloved quarterback because his hands are so small. Um, He's older too. He, I think he's going to be 23 as a rookie, which is old for a first year NFL player. How much does that matter? It matters some. Um, obviously what Mac Jones is doing right now is two, two and a half years older than Trey Lance needs to be taken in context to see what these guys look like over the next few seasons. And the last one is Kenny Pickett has with, well, this is his fourth year playing at Pitt, third or fourth year. Um,
2: and this is his first year really being good. <laughs> Wait, so uh, let's see. That doesn't bother me as much. You say th- the same thing about Mac Jones. You know, you, well, he you didn't could, have a chance. Can Pickett pick it played and he was not good, but you know, sometimes the light goes on, but you know, I, I get it. But they, I, I agree with your answer on the, this is who's the most pro-rated guy. I, I want to take a deeper look at Sam Howell. Cause I've liked what I've seen so far. So what, why isn't he getting more, more discussion? Uh, and I'll, I'll check that out and have an answer, you know, Oh, this is why, or and he I've, should be. And, uh, but I haven't gone that deep into into these quarterbacks um just yet just kind of on the high end I, I i've seen enough of bryce young to go yeah i want that guy
1: yeah uh, bryce young and cj strider awesome also um fact checking myself kenny pickett is actually 23 years old already he is mm-hmm. older than mac jones he will be a 24 year old before the next year even starts which is pretty old um for a prospect but at least he's not playing um uh cornerback position, running back position, et cetera. Um, it's not as big of a deal for a quarterback, but it's still it's another factor where it's like, man, how many, how many ticks in the cons box can we have for
2: you? And 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 Bronco Jedi coming uh, and saying it's not really a factor when you're worried about their their age when they play into the late 30s. So for me, this is more along the lines of, you know, is he good enough that where you, you start talking about the development, is is there still development in there or is this as good as you're gonna get? If you like him where he is, then that's not a problem if you think, okay, he's going to develop further, then, then it does become a problem. Um, Again, I was actually watching Moneyball this morning and they're going through names. And they name off a guy who's like 26 years old, double A. Mm-mm, no. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of what you're thinking of here is, you know, th- is he tapped out? Is this as good as he's going to get? He's farther ahead of everybody else, maybe, but everybody else is going to pass him because of the age. But no, it's not about uh, how long you can play the same reason why you you go after Russell Wilson, even though he's 32, you got seven more years on him. That's fine. It's just how good is he going to get? If you if you think he's already good enough, then it's not a factor at all Yeah. If you think that you need. He needs some time to develop. Then it becomes then it becomes a, a factor because you there's not a ton of development left in a guy who's coming in at 24, 25 years old.
1: Yeah, nope. Absolutely correct. And uh, there's been studies done that show that quarterbacks take three jumps historically, age 19, 20, age 21, 22. And like when they first get started in college, their last year started in college. And then like after their rookie year in the NFL and Kenny Pickett age-wise is already there. I mean, he is three years older than Trey Lance, who will already have a year in the league. And that matters um, because of those growth steps. And also uh, he's played a lot of games. So typically you see guys get better with a, an aggregate amount of games. That was one of the arguments against Drew Locke. Oh man, he already had 50 starts in, in sec. Well, he's already had 50 starts and this is where he's at. It's not like he's played this in 12 games and he's going to get that much better in the NFL. Um, so all these things make me a little bit skeptical of Kenny Pickett. And I got to, I, 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 agree with you. Sam Howell does intrigue me. Um, So do a lot of these quarterbacks, but uh, I'm curious to see how the board falls. Honestly, I've, would i would be interested in if you can get carson strong day two because of the knee uh because enough other teams are out on him that's kind of the investment where it's like okay that's a first round arm and a lot of the tape is good somebody's not gonna take him because the knee but you already have such a low chance of uh hitting on a quarterback day two that uh if that's the reason he falls there i might be worth it might be worth taking a swing uh just to get that guy day two um because if you miss so be it. You have all that extra day two capital, not, not, not the worst in the world. So, uh, all right guys. Well, we're, uh, we're definitely over our time limit today. I remember when Scott and I first went to three shows a week, we're like, yeah, we can do three 45 minute shows instead of, uh, an hour long show. You said, yeah, we'll see Nick. <laughs> you hot air, son <laughs> of a gun. No. Yeah. That's a, uh, we're here at an hour and 15 minutes, but you know, the super chats kept coming in and we had a lot of good conversations too. Sometimes I come into these and it's like, yeah, what can we talk about today? I guess Broncos playoff chat, but you guys, the community, um, Always dictate that. So we appreciate you. You guys can follow Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy, and I am at Nick Kendall M H H. As you can see on your screen there. Make sure also on Twitter you're following us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you are still looking for some Christmas presents for your favorite Bronco fans, uh, both here abroad, kids, you know, significant others, go to HuddleUpPod.com to get your swag on. Heck. Get yourself a Christmas gift over there at huddleuppod.com. Get yourself a coffee mug. Join us in the mornings with that uh, Broncos for breakfast coffee mug. It's beautiful. Love it. I got the smaller one. Maybe I should have gotten the bigger one. Honestly, we have these shows so much that it might be worth it for me to invest in a second one so I can just rotate them. Yeah, exactly. Um, Bring in the closer. Just bring in the big one. Um, But you guys can also make sure that you are following us on Facebook, facebook facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Uh, We'll be coming at you again live tomorrow on Scott's channel. Uh, but on Thursday, again, I'm going to be reading out some of the, um, the Apple podcast reviews. Um, so make sure you guys are giving out your five-star review and comments and we will get you read on here. And we really appreciate those ones that have been coming in and you guys who have been answering the call to action there. Um, if you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and like, and share to mile high huddle, uh, hit that notification, the bell notification. So, you know, when we go live and do the same for Scott's channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Uh, any other comments you want to get to before our way out? I think, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Um, You guys are a lot of fun and a uh, great conversation.
2: Yeah, no, this was a, a good, I think, you know, we're, it's kind of fun when you, the, the there's so much content on this channel. We get the, the gut reaction where everybody's either sky high or pissed off. Then the day after and the after master's two shows on Monday. So it's emotions are riding high and now we can, all right, put that behind us. It's kind of like our own team here. It's time to look forward. We celebrated. We, we, we cried in our, beer, or coffee or whatever. And uh now it's time to look forward and you know, I'm I'm looking forward to I'm I'm looking forward to this game against uh, against the Lions. Yeah. It should be a good one. Um hopefully the Broncos can be healthy
1: and go out there and get a win and get back to above 500 and then four games left with a chance to make the playoffs. I mean, this is this team is exactly who we thought they would be. Maybe a little bit a little more high variance week to week, but with Teddy Bridgewater on the defense with a chance to make the playoffs with the last four games of the season this was realistic expectations. And I, I'm really curious to see at some point, maybe after the season is over, we go back and uh, look at our preseason projections. Um, because I think we're going to be pretty close. I'm afraid I had 11 and six. I maybe had 10 wins. I maybe had nine wins. I, def- I, I, think, I, think I write off the
2: of Raiders. I, I wrote off the Raiders probably as two wins and that could end up being the difference. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I definitely picked the Broncos to beat the Steelers. I still don't respect the Steelers roster. I don't think they're very good, and I definitely picked them to beat the Raiders the first time in Denver. That one still stings. Um, But we'll see. Um, Love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow on Scott's channel. It's still on the screen there, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. And the rest of you guys, I'll see you tonight for building the Broncos with Carl. So uh, until then, you guys stay safe. Have a great Tuesday, and we'll see you next time. Go Broncos.